Greetings, Alchemist. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we break apart movies we love to find out what makes them magical. I am your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always on my late night, greasy, super unhealthy, cannibalized food, Alex Dandino. There you go. Sorry, you had to finish your bite. An extra chewy bit of human burger. All right, guys, this is Alien Invades the Pod Month. This is our first entry. Don't forget, guys, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter, Alien Invasion Movies You Think We Missed, and we will select one of your guys' choice offerings to sacrifice to the movie gods. Today, though, our first entry chosen by me. (laughs) I forced this one on Alex, but I think he'll thank me for it. Uh, 1987, Bad Taste. This is the first official Peter Jackson joint. This is where the King of the Rings got his start. Um, This was the first taste. If for nothing else, this is a stunning beginning of the hero's journey. (laughs) From this movie to where Peter Jackson has ended up, it is a marvelous road. (laughs) I mean, imagine being a guy who lives in New Zealand who wants to make movies. There's literally like no one else making a, making movies regularly in New Zealand, and imagine being Peter Jackson now, who essentially has like funded the New Zealand Film Commission probably single handedly. Like, well, not only that, but made them like a hot tourist destination. Spot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like New Zealand, like this is an amazing movie when you think about the trajectory of Peter Jackson's career. I mean, it's a great movie, anyways, because yeah. I did enjoy it. There are some. It's, you know, it's got warts and all. It's a fun movie, though, you know? I would never go to New Zealand to see a Lord of the Rings prop, but I would go to New Zealand to visit the house from Bad Taste. Yeah, I'd go to New Zealand for sure to visit, like, <laughs> the entire location. Like, it, it's just nonstop awesomeness. Okay. I don't know about you, but when I was younger, right, in my teenage and early college years, when we would go raid the video store or, like, Ben's at a store where we were going to buy movies... This is the movie I always dreamed of finding, right? Something that was kind of fun, <laughs> insanely fucking gross. So as me and my friends were getting a little tipsy or buzzed or whatever, you'd be like, oh, did you see that? Ah! Right. <laughs> it's gross out. It's funny. If nothing else, it's insanely memorable. Yeah. So essentially, it is the story of a group of aliens who are fast food workers, intergalactic fast food workers. They come down and kidnap the population see, of a small town hilarious. in New Zealand. That's what I mean. That's already a great pitch. If I read that on a VHS tape, I'd be like, yes, I want that for sure. Like if that's the elevator They kidnap the the population of this small village to turn into a essentially a pitch meal so that they can sell their CEOs and other corporate backers to let them put humans on their fast food menus. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's 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 one of those movies. It's half Looney Tunes. It's half gross out kind of body horror but not like your body that might not be the right phrase body no, is normally i mean your to body. me it's just like gross but it, it's, out it's, it's carnage it's yeah, splatter it's splatter, splatter uh but what you find though what i what i found when i watch this movie is you feel like you're in the presence of another fan right another movie fan who likes movies the way yeah. you like them he felt like a guy who was on to the core of the things that we like about movies that like you said have warts and all um, can cut through some of these minor hangups and give us that memorable scene or, oh, shit, that's weird. Did you see that? This right. movie's unafraid to go anywhere. There, there's a bravery 
in the the choices this guy made. It's like how people always say, I wish I was in the room for the pitch meeting of Sharknado. Yeah. Uh, Sharknado came along many years after we'd had movies like that. This movie coming out when it did from a guy who had never made a movie, they must have thought he was fucking insane. This movie is basically if someone saw Soylent Green and then also right afterwards went home and read Hitchhiker's <laughs> Guide to the Galaxy and they're like, holy shit, this is a movie. Like yeah. that to me is what the movie is about. Like this is, but, and again, like to the core value of like this podcast, like the film alchemy of it all, like to me, the true alchemy comes out that this movie was made and it's not because it was like, Oh my God, what a piece of shit. How did anyone like give money? Cause Peter Jackson made this movie on his own dime for like four years straight. And finally at the end, the New Zealand film commissioner's like, all right, here's like 235 New Zealand dollars. 235,000 New Zealand dollars, which I mean, I that's know. like half a sheep pelt. Yeah. They just put it in a bag and gave it to him for trade. So like they gave him the money. That's to a big export movie, like, for them over there. You're learning real facts too on this show. But bro. this movie is not like one of those things where you watch it and you're like, how, like, how did this get made is not necessarily the question you ask. You're like, wow, this got made. Like that to me is exactly. Really- that's how I am. I'm so fucking glad this got made. Yeah. This is the best basement. With your buddies getting a little messed up garage movie ever. And that's really what's great is like across the screen to your eyeballs. Like this is what it all is for making movies. And this is the alchemy of it is you're seeing someone making their first movie warts and all and saying like, I love making movies. And I want you guys to know that I love making movies too. So you can help me make more. And that's exactly what Peter Jackson does. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's so funny because the movie. Do you ever? Do you remember that movie UHF? Yeah. With Weird Al. Oh this yeah. This movie plays like a UHF parody of a movie, <laughs> <laughs> which is so weird. I kept thinking that when I was watching it, but it, again, that's what I love, right? So we start off and we start off with the slow speed pursuit, right? We there's some government agents. They're in this village to figure it out, right? And immediately we know something's a little amiss, right? And we start right in with the carnage, right? And we meet this great character named Derek. Derek. And Derek looks like uh, a love child of Rick Moranis and Harry Potter. But he's like uh, a a soldier of fortune, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) So he even has that great line, right? Where the guy's like, Derek, they're coming for you. So he has Peter Jackson actually over a hill, right? They've caught one of them, but others are coming. And uh, he has this great line. Derek doesn't run. <laughs> Derek's don't run. Derek's don't run. And he gets out this gun for what becomes this kind of long but insane scene, right? So there's Derek trying to fend these things off with his gun. And then when his gun doesn't work, he has to find other methods. Shoots a guy. Puts the gun through his body. That was my favorite And he's shooting gag. the gun through, through this guy's corpse, right? Right. Then we cut to they're trying to attack him with actual hammers, right? So we get some choreography of he's trying to fight, but he falls over a fence and the hammers clink together. Yeah. Um, And it all builds to this fight on the side of a cliff and Derek falls off, actually, in a classic dummy who's like shaped like a wheel. Okay. Rolling off the hill. That part was my favorite was this like. The, 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 that dummy off the hill thing, I'm like, like, that was the part where I was watching. I'm like, holy shit, there's like some serious cash in this. Like, this is like got to be the most expensive stunt in the movie. Like, that. Well, they, what they did for sure is they went all in on, on effects, right? Yeah. So they had to have a lot of fake heads. They had to have a lot of guts. 
Yeah. Uh, they had to have some models built. They had some alien costumes, at least three built or four that we saw. Yeah. Um, but what I think this scene does, right? This scene is really funny when you watch it because it seems very cheesy. But I think you zoned in on this, too. You can see elements of the way this is shot mm-hmm. all the way to Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. There's a thing he does with the camera. Also, I didn't know this, but apparently Peter Jackson, for 15 bucks, like built his own study cam rig for this movie, which is really impressive when you think about what goes into making <laughs> See, a study I, cam. See, I just love stories like that, right? Just a guy who wants it so much yeah. and is so absorbed in it. That's what's it's really awesome, cool. Man. So there's a, there's shots in this movie, particularly there's a shot when um, I think it it's either Frank or Derek. Uh, whoever the guy is that's walking towards the beach. Derek, the first, don't run. <laughs> like that to me is really kind of like what's the really he uh he does this sort of uh put really quick push in and this is something that he even does in Lord of the Rings like constantly when there's danger coming your direction it's like like pushing right in on you like oh my god here it goes like oh my god something's on its way and like you have him looking back towards the camera past the camera like. That's something that Peter Jackson has kept doing from Lord of the Rings, King Kong, like all of his movies have this vibe in it. It's really cool. Yeah, and that's he started off with stuff like this, right? He cut his teeth on this and Dead Alive, and then by the time you get to Frighteners, that you can see him kind of changing, right? right? It's a little bigger style. But what I like about this scene is it there's the extra level of kind of, you know, Keystone cop comedy in it. Yeah, that I think is is harder to pull off than people would assume in that it would be so much easier to just keep missing, keep missing bullets. But those extra steps, right, of, oh, he's he ducks between the two hammers hit each other. Right. Or, you know, I'm going to shoot the gun through the corpse. There's small extra steps. There's a great gag in there where Derek, he's his gun is jammed. He goes and the zombie thinks it's getting riddled with bullets. Yeah. And it's it's little tiny details like that. Yeah. That show this extra creative flair and kind of love for what he's able to be doing. The push through the 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 gun push through the body and finishing the job is like one of my favorite like that is like one of my favorite like over the top grotesquerie moments. You're just like, thank God this is like going for this because if it was like gonna stop there (laughs) and do anything else, you'd be like completely false. But that in and of itself is like the truest thing about the movie is that as soon as you think it's not going to stop somewhere, it's going to take you one step further, which goes to Peter Jackson's credit doing his first movie. He's just like got his balls out on the screen, essentially. Well, yeah, there's this is the thing, right? I think a movie like this shows more value for a young filmmaker. Definitely. Because not only does it show it's it's something very memorable. If you just say aliens are making humans into fast food, it's a great pitch. Right. But then if he kind of plays it safe or tries to play it the way a big studio would make it, you know, it might just disappear into like, wow, he really failed and missed. If you take it out and little things, right, the gun through the corpse, the the machine gun, but no bullets coming out. These are little visual memories that get implanted on an audience. Right. And make you something more something in a way. He's the alien invading the film world. Right. Right. Yeah. Because like, look at how different and weird this fucking movie is. And that has a value in and of itself. There's something like I just watched this movie, The Lure, which I hope we get to on this show. And there are times I was so befuddled watching it, but I was like, I haven't seen this shit on screen before. This is taking me to a new and unusual place. And I appreciate that. Um, This movie, 
if nothing else, right? Besides being totally unique and fearless, this movie has some of the greatest uh, gross-out gags I've ever seen in a movie. I think my favorite, <laughs> my favorite is probably uh, Derek uh, when he wakes up on the mountain and realizes like half his skull is missing, and he puts a piece. Oh of- my god. <laughs> Putting him put, like he looks at he so he picks up a piece of his brain that's fallen out of his head and he puts it. Seagulls are eating. Yeah, and he puts it back in his brain and like locks it. I'm like, this is incredible. This movie. Not is only that, but it, it lets him do this cool thing, right? Where there's there's obviously the cool effect of oh his skull's flapping open and he's squishing brain matter back in, which is <laughs> gross. But it, it has this extra little visual moment where he gets to wrap. A bandana, bandana around his head, like he's Rambo, <laughs> which every single person who has seen Rambo has done. Yeah. So it's just kind of a fun little like, oh, look at that. <laughs> but it's this perfect. keeps happening. And at one point, it gets us to what could have been a cool sequel. Derek actually uh, replaces part of because yeah. he's deteriorating mentally. As it goes on, you see he's deteriorating to where he almost attacks his own friends, too. He just becomes a rage monster. He wants revenge. Right. But there's a part where Derek starts putting the alien's brain in his own brain. Right. This could be a hybrid. (laughs) This could be Derek on a a trail of revenge through the stars, hunting down obese aliens across the universe. Man, bad By the way, when you were watching this, were you not like, this would have been the greatest Men in Black case of all time? Oh, totally. It really is if one of those. If you made things this as like, the Men in Black sequel, it would be the best movie of all time. It really is one of those like concepts where you're watching it and you're like, man, how is it that no one like saw this movie and like, holy shit, I'm stealing that idea and like doing it for another thing? Like that concept of like, like again, it's totally out of Hitchhiker's Guide. Like this is straight a Hitchhiker's Guide gag. It's just super gory and schlocky, but like that is a <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide joke. Like, oh, of course they'd. Be like sampling human meat so that they could put it in their burgers for their intergalactic fast food chain. Like I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. Oh my god, why has no one else? Why did no one else think of this beforehand? And like, like that's the kind of stuff you love. Those like that's like the love of filmmaking and the love of writing a great story. Like especially like writing the shit out of a great story. That's where that comes from, and I I love it. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how much they get out of what you can clearly tell was not necessarily a strong narrative pull through the script, but it does just look like, all right, we've got this location. What the fuck can we get out of this, right? right. And I think that goes to that that's Derek on the Hill, right? That's where he's finding these extra opportunities to maybe go a little more in-depth and interesting yeah. in how he lays out these these scenes. To get the most run out of them. Um, there's so many great gags. Like, there's the one where he comes around the corner and the zombie is just eating the other brain with the spoon. Uh, <laughs> I, it's like, I literally, I think I just have, like, a million of these, like, just great scenes. Well, like, um, that's what the movie is. Like, this isn't going to be one of those where we're, like, going down the, like, the plot. Here's the thing. I got to the end of the movie and I went to Wikipedia and started reading the Wikipedia to understand what happened in the movie. Because I was just so, like, caught up by all the gags. Like, that's what the movie is great for is like you're watching this movie and enjoying the shit out of these like really fun gags that are occurring because you're like, wow, this movie cost no money to make. And they did all this like those. Yeah, they really got a lot out of it. Like that creature work for the aliens. That's like that's that's fucking incredible to me. Like, that's something that I'm like, wow, (laughs) that's an amazing piece of work. 
But see, the aliens in this movie are great too, right? So we find out that they have this like manor, right? And they they kidnap this auditor and they put him in a barrel, right? With like the proverbial soup. He's got an apple in his mouth. That and is all the best. And it's just taped around his mouth. Yeah, right? <laughs> and we find out that uh, flesh, human flesh is now the delicacy among the stars. And these people are going to get in and set up a meatpacking operation on Earth. They're going to be the first ones. Right. So all of a sudden you're like, wow, this just took a cool extra step. It kind of starts off as a zombie thing almost. We don't know exactly what's happening. And then we get this extra layer, right? And we find out all these humans aren't really human. And later in the movie when we reveal their true form, right? They're, it's so perfect. They're, they're these disgusting, bulbous pig humans with their asses hanging out. Yeah. And I was like, this must be how every country looks at us and imagines <laughs> us because we eat so much fast food. <laughs> I'm almost positive that's how we're viewed, for sure. Oh, yeah. It's like, they just picture us running around fat with our asses out. Hey, Octopus, can I have some more nuggets? <laughs> hey, I'm so glad nuggets come into 20 bucks now. <laughs> I loved, uh, I, I was, re- again, I was reading, like, I read all this trivia, because I was just like, this is incredible, and I have to know how this movie is made. Like, those heads are shaped that way, because Peter Jackson made them in his mother's oven, and they would not fit in any other way. So that's why the, their heads are shaped like that. Like, that's like that. <laughs> that's like that's that. alchemy, though, bitch. That's alchemy. That's the mother of invention right there. Just twisting your movie into exactly what it needs to be like. That's what we're talking about on this show, man. Yes. That's the cool Art stuff. happens when you have no other choice. No resources, man. Right. That's great. But yeah, see, that's what I mean, though. And on accident, it makes them look like bulbous pig monsters. Right. That then becomes an indictment on all of us humans who gorge ourselves. Because <laughs> then we're all of a sudden like, oh, fuck, we're like these animals to or we're like these aliens to animals that we eat. Right. <laughs> so it makes you sad for a second. You're like, oh, there's like a Derek cow out there that we just like Anton Shigurd and are eating. Oh, poor Derek. Yeah, uh, inside the house, though, there's a great scene I love. And this is where the the special ops government team raids the building. (laughs) And the guy runs in, and this is a reverse body snatchers, right? Yeah. He's pretending to be an alien amongst them, right? And we learn about the plan, right? We're going to get all this. You guys all have your bonuses. We're close. Like, no fuck-ups in the next 24 hours. We're leaving the planet. And the, the operative is sitting there taking all this in. And there's a great scene where they're just like, good job, Peter Jackson's character, whatever his name is, Brian, maybe. I thought it was Robert. They, Robert. They pick him up and they bring a punch bowl in. Oh, God. And he yeah. proceeds to just Ralph this disgusting, like, double dare slime into a bowl. But it looks like it has, like, trick cereal. <laughs> yeah, it's it was. so fucking gross. I mean, it's and so disgusting. And then what they do, they start passing it around the room and everyone takes a drink. And he's like, mmm, delicious. I love that. And you watch mm, this guy in horror, BK. like. Yeah, <laughs> he sounds like every dickhead who pretends they can like taste the earth that wine came from. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just I love that moment of just this repulsion of like, oh, th- this is very alien. They're just drinking this disgusting puke. <laughs> and then it gets to him and the guy what he's faced with either like it's time to fight or I'll do it. And the guy fucking drinks it, dude. This commando. Yeah. I was like, if there was ever a time to be a commando. That this, would have been my life. This commando, sand. but what is great? The I auditor. think he goes back for the second drink. Oh yeah, he takes he another takes swig. Like, You're like, ew, why? <laughs> so they take what is gross and then be like, no, guys, this is really good. <laughs> but I, there, there's something. It plays as a creepy, ominous scene, right? The cavalier yeah. way they're talking about turning us into meat. 
Right. And we never see the villagers, so presumably they're already on a slab somewhere, meat hook. Oh, yeah. No, that's like why right? they go there in the first place, because they figured out this entire village has disappeared. Yeah. So, Which, again, I had to read you on the You know all those villages are gone, and they're just talking about it, like, oh, we did a good job on our order. So there, there's a true darkness to that scene. Right. But I like the inversion uh, human amongst the aliens mm-hmm. trying to cover himself. That's really cool. It is cool. I like that a lot, too. I mean, it's just like there's a lot of that little inversion stuff. Like, again, I go back to the guy putting brains back into his head and, like, slowly deteriorating and then putting like alien brains in like that to me is like that's another back another that's another inversion on that whole idea like why would you put alien brains in you guys are massacring these guys trying to get them off the planet and you're gonna put an alien brain in to see what it'll work like that we're we are becoming them right As we kill and murder exactly. them exactly them. it's oh, cool though man so but good. this movie then so it goes from that great gag into what is Kind of a never-ending um, fanboy series. This plays like a guy in New Zealand who just loved action movies in America. Yes. And this is where the team essentially proceeds to just have a 35-minute gunfight. Oh, with yeah. The it's a 35-minute shootout. Like I, And it, it, it reminds me of when you're kids with Nerf guns. You're just like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of when you're kids with Nerf guns and you and you hit, you hit you fire all your Nerf guns. You're like, time, got to pick them up real quick. And then you like pick them up. Like, that's exactly what this ended up being. Like, that was It goes so, on for so long. It went on forever. Ever. Yeah. Ugh. But it's fun, though. It, it's it's good fun. They actually do some good choreographed murders. Yes. Um, We see the numbers dwindling down. We see the aliens go full alien, which is fun for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to, they kind of run away, but then determine they won't be able, the, the commandos, right? They won't be able to get help in time, so they got to go back. This is when all of a sudden this one commando just whips into like a red karate outfit. Yeah. And he looks like Rambo mixed with Richard Simmons. <laughs> and uh, he tricks, this is a great scene too, he tricks the the aliens into the car. Yeah. And it's playing like some, you know, almost like a Motley Crue music. Right. And then he just happens to have a rocket launcher and blows the fucking car up. It's so good. It's so fucking good. It's just like, oh, God, like the gags in this movie are all just so, it's so well constructed. Like, that's the thing is like the love and the care it's taken because, you know, they had one shot at this. And don't forget, too, this is (laughs) this is also before. I mean, it's not before VHS cameras, but like this was shot on a 16 millimeter Bolex. Like they're running out of film the entire movie. So, you know, that they did like. A bunch of these things one time like oh yeah well then we run up to the house right and just to make it fucking more insane we realize the house is the spaceship he shoots <laughs> yes. the spaceship and it's like oh they're rocking it there's air going it's sucking them in right they have another great gag where they shoot the rocket and it goes through a hole in the house a hole in the door and just fucking blows up a sheep for no reason oh yeah the sheep thing is, am- is amazing <laughs> yeah apparently the sheep was supposed to factor more heavily into the story but they couldn't afford it or like of just course. because of the t- fact they were shooting this every other I wonder weekend. if that's what the New Zealand Film Commission's like we'll give you the money but we need to, we need a sheep commercial <laughs> I give you the money but you need to put a I sheep in I did for there. like the first two words in a New Zealand accent and then I was like nope bad move I'll give bad you the move. I'll give you the money but we need to put a sheep in there like that's <laughs> I mean really oh my God. yeah I mean but like what, it's just it's there there's so, so few movies where it just keeps going there you know what I mean? Where it just keeps descending down 
to such comical levels of madness. Right. To where at times it would almost become infuriating. But in this one, I find it so charming where I'm just like, yes, bitch. That's what it is. Is like (laughs) it's the charm of the fact that it's Peter Jackson with his friends trying to make a movie on the weekends. And you're like, this is exactly what I did when I was in high school and college. And like, I just wanted to make stuff. So you go out and you figure out what to make. And like, obviously, Peter Jackson took it one step further. And he was like, I want to make this because this is what I want to do with my life. And we were all there. And of course... You know, you go someplace and you're using the environment and you're using everything you can. And not only that, but just like the effects and the the lengths he was like, obviously, all of the blood looks fake. That is what that's just because it's you don't know any but, better. But this is the thing. All movies play is windows into an alternate dimension. Right? right. So every movie, as long as you accept that the characters in that world accept the way things are, it doesn't matter that much. In this yeah. movie, you imagine it like the alternate reality in Space Jam, right? Like, oh, they did go into, like, Looney Tunes world. Right. So, to me, it's like all that stuff almost plays perfectly. Better than if it was, like, an uber-realistic blood sports right. and shit. I think You the- need that silliness. And then, but it's, what I love is that even without money and without any, you know, kind of backing of being Peter Jackson yet. Right. He never ramps down. He never no. stops and seemingly is, like... Well, I can't pull this one off. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Like, I think what's great is everything about that movie is on everything. Every ounce of money that was available to him is on the screen. Like, there's no time where he's like, well, you know, I can't afford this. He's like, you know what? I can't afford this, but I'm going to do a version of it and it's going to be awesome anyways. And that's exactly yeah. what it was. Like, when he's. We're going to blow up a sheep with a rocket and have fucking sick ass synthesizer jams and oh my god the, the the music in this movie is incredible by the way like it is the score of someone's life like it's <laughs> it's just like it's literally some guys just, at a bar today like hey one time i did this soundtrack for peter jackson <laughs> yeah i can like i can hear i can see, i did a score for peter jackson honestly i can just see peter jackson with like a little vocoder like the whole time like dee, 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 yeah. dee, dee. like that's that's what makes it like that's the kind of stuff where you're watching it on his john carpenter kick for sure dude oh it's incredible man but this i mean that's what i mean what this movie felt like to me more than anything is it is it is singular in vision in a way a lot of movies aren't like this this feels like somehow peter jackson dropped out his kind of man child fantasy and perfectly transcribed it from brain to screen Yes. It's it's unfucking cuz in a way he's Derek, right? In the movie, even though he's in the movie and he's not Derek. Oh no, hardcore. But he's the he's the silly commando running around just picking up pieces of brain and adding them to his own thought process. Oh yeah. Like and this, it's it's fun to watch. I mean, there's really no other way to describe it. Like, do I think this is a great movie? In context, no. But do I think this is a movie worth watching? How fucking dare you? I would chainsaw you for that. This movie, but this movie is worth watching. Like, that's the thing. Like, there's not an ounce of this movie that I would say isn't worth your time. Like, that's the important distinction is like, it's not how did this get made? Like we said, it's this got made. This got made in any film studio. See, I don't lump this in with Congo where you're like, look at this oddity. No, not at all. I think this is a fun love letter to the genre. And to me, that is exemplified, right? It's it's exemplified that it's just a love letter from a a super fan of films to this kind of genre movie. Right. Is once uh, deteriorated, Derek shows up with the chainsaw. Yeah. Then you just are like, this is where I'm just going to fucking put the total... 
splatter signature on the whole fucking movie. Right. Like, and this is what I want to One of the make. best shots of the movie, right? The, the ship launches into space, and we get a great little spinny house in space shot, which I was like, that sells me right there. Right. You have the house spinning <laughs> in space. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I love every second of this. Yeah. This is not just worth your time. This is a must-see now, bitch. Every teenage guy who smokes pot should have watched this movie by now. It's amazing. <laughs> but then when Derek comes in with the chainsaw, cuts a hole in the floor, and is like, what's up, bitch? And he dives down, riding the chainsaw all the way through the guy from head to taint, and then births himself from the alien, rips through the alien's nether regions, right? As if he's reborn, man and alien killing machine himself. I mean, that's that's a next level visual storytelling. Yeah, I don't know that that's what he meant. It might have just been a fun way to dispose of one of his props to get a money shot. But I think he was telling us something. I think that was high-level visual storytelling. I mean, to me, this movie is all money shots. So I would say that's what it is. But what you're putting out there is probably what other people saw. And that's why you got money to do Meet the meet the Feebles. Like, <laughs> that's like... It, it does play as almost like some guy who's, like, <laughs> learning the crafts of creature effects. Just put out, like, a YouTube <laughs> video yeah, list. That's what it just is. Just keep watching my cool scenes. But that's what I mean. He he does just enough. And for how much it is set piece and creature centric, right? Right. He does find just enough of a way to pull us through narratively. Oh, totally. It's thin, right? Because like, to me, this movie is not like The Gate, where The Gate has big set piece, but has real heart and family stuff underneath. Right. This one doesn't have that, but it does have enough to just keep you around uh, and give you a little extra flavor, right? This is the, the, uh, the spice of the the set pieces, if you will, yeah. This is this is one of those things where it's just one of those things where you see someone who's making a movie for the first time and saying like, "I'm gonna make the most maximum movie, not the best movie I can make. I'm making the most maximum movie I can make here, and the yeah. maximum for this movie is gonna be I want to put all my money into effects, and you know the story is." you know, doesn't need to be super complex. It's about a bunch of aliens who want to turn us into happy meals. Got it done. Yeah. No problem. No, it's a good pitch. It's funny. It has great effects. Um, it, but, but more than anything, it's, it's a guy just totally pouring his love for movies onto the screen. He's just fucking going for it. And I think like, if you look at this movie, right on yeah. IMDb, this is a 6.7 out of 10. That's pretty fucking high. Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, this is a 68%. That means it's certified so, fresh. The alchemy of this movie, right, is that you pour in just, you know, creature effects you can afford, whatever actors you can get, just enough of a story, right? I don't even know if I believe there was, like, a full script for this movie. <laughs> you know I mean, just enough to get us through, right? Right. And then you just you throw in this guy's fucking love for movies where he finds a way for those extra flares, right? The sheep rocket. The, the machine gun without bullet stuff. Like those little extra moments that show you he's not just stuck into even what he's doing right now. Right. There's just these extra layers, you know, on top of it. And what comes out of that is so much greater than seemingly the sum of its parts. This is film alchemy at its finest to me. It's I mean, just, that is ser those are seriously good numbers on sites that love to shit on movies. But that's what it is. Like, again... This is what the whole idea of the alchemy of filmmaking is, is like it's the fact that he had to bake those 
masks in his mother's oven. And that's why they look that way. Like these are these little <laughs> things that you sit there and watch and witness. And you're like, how did it get like that? Where did that come from? It's like, it came from the necessity of wanting to make a movie, not a great movie. Just make a movie. Like he wanted to make his splash and he made a splash. Like that's what he yes. did. This guy going on to be King of the Rings to me is like the greatest film success story of all time. Right. <laughs> I, I love that the kid who made this movie went on to achieve all of his dreams. And I would say he fucking deserves it, man. This is a silly good time. Oh, yeah. And it's not as ref- like imagine he takes this movie and amps it up and makes it more streamlined and dead alive. Oh, man. That to me is the Peter Jackson masterpiece of all time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But this is awesome. An awesome first start. This is so fun. If you were a teenager like me who smoked pot in garages with your buddies, you should have seen this movie. If you like to just get drunk with your buddies and watch movies that will just be memorable, watch this movie. If nothing else, you'll walk away. And this is one of those movies you will remember all the way through the rest of this thing we call life. It's It truly is one of those things you watch. And I would encourage young people to watch it, honestly. If you're in high school and you're like, I don't know if I can make movies, watch this movie and know that it's totally possible. Yeah, and we have it even easier than him. Like, I don't know. I I love that this movie just is so unabashedly nonsensical and silly and goes for it. That is something you so rarely see, often because the more money you get in on it, the more people are afraid to take chances and the more voices. This is pure, unadulterated uh, immature Peter Jackson just splattered across that screen. This is a great example of a movie you make when you have the things you have and nothing else. And that's what's right. inspiring about the movie. <laughs> and that's what I mean. I know there will be some of our listeners who watch this and they're like, this is not up there among the great alien invasion movies. And that may be true, but I think the story of the aliens is fun. And But I, I think this is a love letter to alien invasion movies and films in a way that it's fun right. to add on this list. We're not making right? we're not trying to do curations based on what the best of the best are. We're making curations based on what the film alchemy of making a great movie is and Peter Jackson's uh P- you know Peter Jackson understands that and Peter ja- Peter Jackson didn't understand it then but I'm sure he does now. He looks back on the ba- on movie like Bad Taste and says, "Wow, like the mother of invention guided that movie and has found its way has found its way to bestow upon me the ability to be a king of the rings." King of the Kong. It must be so cool where he's at now to go back and watch this movie. Oh yeah, and to basically that must single-handedly just be such a fucking delight to single-handedly be in, like <laughs> probably the most important figure in New Zealand film history. Yeah, I'd say that's probably wonderful. Yeah, I I don't know, guys. I just I think it's fun. I think it's silly. It's a movie that not enough people remember or have seen or talk about. So hopefully, if nothing else, some more of you guys will get a really fun. Sit down with a movie. If I, you have, I think it's just a memorable, great time and a love letter to movies in general. And I'm sure some of you are saying, "Well, how am I going to watch this movie?" If you have Amazon Prime, it's for free right yeah, now. Yeah, it's Amazon. and it's easily available. Very it's readily great. available. Give it a it's shot. Fucking it's great, guys. Very fun. So, uh, the little boy who could, the little New Zealander who became king of the rings. Man, this is a true hero's journey. This is the start. I think it's a fucking great start. It's really fun. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it, too. We're coming back at you again. We have The Thing coming up. We have Starship Troopers and the remake of The Blob, the 80s Blob. Um, You guys need to tell us on Facebook and Twitter which alien invasion movies do you love the most that you want us to add to the list. Unfairly cut or just overlooked. 
Let us know, guys. We'll pick a winner and we'll do a fifth alien invasion movie that is uh, fan sanctioned. Someone on the, the more you guys help on the us fi- out, the better it is. Someone on the Facebook page already mentioned we uh, missed the arrival. I saw that. I saw the faculty pop up. Yep. Um, there's some. There's so many good alien invasion movies, guys. But yeah, the more of you that chime in, we're gonna we're gonna suss through and pick a winner. So keep those coming to us. Um, guys, if you have friends that we, I mean, get a friend and watch fucking Bad Taste with them. Get a little drunk or a little high, watch Bad Taste with them, and then share this show with them. The more you guys spread around, the better it helps us. Also, make sure you're subscribed to the show so you get all the fun as it drops. Take a moment to rate and review. You can follow uh, our list, the Film Alchemist podcast list on Letterboxd. This will keep you abreast of what's coming up. Uh, Stay ahead of the curve on movie watching so that you can listen to the shows the day they come out. Uh, Also, a good thing, you can get on there and comment and leave us ideas for just any movie you want to see, any curation. We want to do what you guys want to hear, too. So help us out with all that. Um, Again, guys, this show and this movie is about the love and fun of cinema. I hope that's coming through to you. So send it on back to us. Um, We'll see you next time, guys, for The Thing. Woo! Derek's don't run.